0: honor one another, and that's what uh, the Apostle Paul will say there in Romans chapter 10, but we're going to look at a couple of different translations as we give consideration to that this morning so that we come to understand what it is exactly that Paul intends as he says that they are to honor one another. So stop and think with me for just a moment as we get ready to get into Romans chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12 the year is probably 57 maybe 58 AD the Apostle Paul is coming to the end of his third missionary journey he's probably still in Corinth at this time and he pens this letter that what we refer to as the book of Romans or the letter the epistle to the Romans Paul had never been to Rome. He will mention in this letter that he has a desire to come to Rome. And as we already know the rest of the story, he will come to Rome. (laughs) Not just exactly the way that he intended to, but within a couple of years, he will will be in Rome. But it will be under Roman guard. But as he writes this letter, he's sending it off keeping this in mind, he's sending this off to the greatest city in the world at that time. It's the capital of the greatest empire in the world at that time. But in this city, there's a group of people, God's people. There's a church in Rome. And so Paul is sending that letter to them in this day and in this time. And one of these days, (laughs) we won't do it today because we don't have time. One of these days, I'm going to spend a little time explaining the type of society they had at that time. It was more like a patron-client type of, of society than what we have today. But it would help us to understand Some of the wording of the New Testament and the way society was. But I just want you to know this. Sometimes today in our society, we talk about society is kind of fractured now, you know. Well, society during that time was definitely fractured. It made a difference whether you were Jew or whether you were Gentile, it made a difference whether you were Roman. Or not Roman. Whether you were a citizen or not a citizen. It made a difference if you were slave or if you were free. It made a difference whether you were male or whether you were female. It made a big difference whether you were wealthy or whether you were poor. Society was fractured along all of those lines. And they made those distinctions within society. But in the group that Paul is writing to. They're not to be seen that way. They're all one. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. They are fellow citizens in the kingdom. They are that proverbial. City that is set on a hill. They are that lamp <clears throat> that is to give light to everyone that enters into the room. They're to show the rest of the world the way God wants all of us to see one another and to treat one another. Romans 12 and verse 10. This is the New American Standard. We're going to look at various translations today. Romans 12 and verse 10. It says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. I want you to think about that for just a moment. <laughs> Think about society at that time, if you can, the way it was, the way it was fractured, and now Paul's writing this letter to this group of people, and he says, This is the way you treat one another. Be devoted to one another, in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor. This is the way you are. You know, sometimes when we talk about Christianity, we say, Well, Christianity is kind of paradoxical, isn't it? We've talked about this before. You you die in order to live. You become a slave in order to be free. And yet now Paul is writing to these people who make up Christ's body in this city and he says be devoted to one another in brotherly love giving preference to one another in honor. Do you think that might have seemed a little paradoxical to them at that time? There's Jew and there's Gentile. There's male and female. There's free and there's slave. There's rich and there's poor. And that will be indicated in this chapter. And I want you to all treat one another just the same. (laughs) Wait a minute. When I walked through those doors, when I walked in here from Roman society out there, that was all different. Yeah, Paul says, that's not the way you're going to be. English Standard Version, ESP. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Now, even as we take a look at that today, and we think about this English Standard translation. The first part of that, we we grasp. I think we kind of identify with that. We understand that. Love one another with brotherly affection. Okay, I got it. (laughs) And then it goes on to say, outdo one another in showing honor. And that's kind of like, wait a minute. (laughs) Didn't we even talk in class this morning about meekness? And didn't we talk about humility and being humble? And now in the very same verse, It's been translated that we should outdo one another. Doesn't that sound a little competitive to you? Outdo one another? Well, you know what? I'm a whole lot more humble than you are. (laughs) Is that the way that goes? Outdo outdo one another. So we kind of have to take a look at this so that we come to understand what Paul is saying here in the middle of Romans the 12th chapter. So the context of Romans 12. Once again, the New American Standard. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor. English Standard Version. Outdo one another in honor. I'm going to read you the Revised Standard Version. I rarely ever... (laughs) preach from the Revised Standard Version, but I always keep it in my office and compare translations when I'm studying a verse. And I'll read this in a moment because I think it helps to bring out what Paul is trying to say in this particular context. So this is the Revised Standard Version, verses 1 through 8. That's why we didn't read too much this morning because we're going to read this together. So one of the things that we need to do is to understand the context of Romans chapter 12. So verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. What did he say? And you think about society. And you think about Paul writing to these brethren. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation... He who contributes in his liberality. He who gives aid with zeal. He who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Get the context? Starting to see it? This is the society you came from. This is what you're part of now. And see, he's starting to help us to see verse 4. For as in one body, we have many members. And all the members do not have the same function. Who's Paul talking to? And so, as we look at this context, we understand Paul's talking to the church at Rome. And he says, you're one body but there's various members and those various members have various functions individuals talents, gifts, abilities but they're recognized as unique as different as beneficial to the body So we're not talking about Jew and Gentile and male and and female and slave and free. We're talking about those who are members of Christ's body and the different talents, gifts, abilities that they have and how they can benefit the body. You've got the world out there to worry about. But when you come together, how can this benefit You're a part of this body. 16 chapters in the book of Romans. And up to this point in time, Paul has explained how God has provided a plan of salvation through faith. And that plan... He sums up in the very first chapter in one word he calls it the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith unto faith and the just shall live by faith. Paul is explaining how God has brought salvation through his son to everyone who believes the gospel. And you can be a part of this body, but in this body, you're not recognized the way you're recognized out there. But together, you belong to Christ and you belong to one another. So what Paul is saying is, This is how you should view one another. Edwin, I appreciate your comment at the Lord's table this morning. There's a turning point. And so, you know what Paul's saying? This is a new day. This is a new time. This is a new value system see there's a way that you are viewed out there in the world but that's not the way that you're viewed in here And that's what he's saying you are members of one body there are various members and each one have different talents gifts abilities members of one another beneficial to the body this is the way you see each other So, how should I view you, a fellow Christian? How should you view me, a fellow Christian? You know how that should be? I should be excited you're here. I should be thrilled that you're here. I'm happy to you that you're here. It's that I want to give you a hug you're here. I talked to somebody yesterday, you know, and if there's anything good that has come out of this whole coronavirus craziness, <laughs> I talked to Brethren, and this is from someplace else. And he said, I was so glad when we were able to get together. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. And so that's what Paul's talking about. This is how you should view one another. There's a fellow Christian. There's a member of the body of Christ. His gifts, his talents, different from mine. But I'm glad you're here. Can I give you a hug? <laughs> we don't hug nowadays, but <laughs> it's not because we don't want to. <laughs> you know, as I was reading this and I was preparing this, I was thinking, in the day of coronavirus, they would absolutely freak out over Paul saying greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> <laughs> God wants me to know how I should view you. And God wants you to know how you should view me, how we should view one another. The world's got plenty of challenges, but you're one body and various members. And this is a good thing. And we should appreciate that. So now then, the Revised Standard Version... Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Are you starting to see it a little bit? So here's the context. Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Do you have gifts, talents different, that are different than mine? Paul saying, let's use them. If service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. See what Paul's saying? take a look around and within this body there are various people with different talents different abilities and that's good (laughs) and use them for the benefit of the body in serving God collectively and one another verse 9 and 10 let love be genuine what? some translations say without hypocrisy you know what that means? Love is genuine. Your gift may be different than mine. Mine may be different than yours. But I'm so thankful you got that gift you got. (laughs) Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. You know what that means? What's going to try to tear up the body? You know that kind of value system that the world has out there? That can disrupt what goes on in here. So don't bring that out there in here. You know, down through the context of Romans, the 12th chapter, you've got to keep in mind what he said in verse 4. He's talking about the body. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Let love be genuine. Don't make those kind of distinctions. Verse 11 through 13. Never lag in zeal. What did he just say in verse 10? Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. We recognize what we have through Jesus Christ. And we value others. Let me ask you a question. So you could hear the kids singing this morning, right? You could hear kids in class. And we have some little kids here. And let's suppose that Maria and Estuardo allowed Deb and I to watch Millie. Now how would they expect Deb and I to treat Millie? Would they want us to see her as precious as they see her? And to take care of her? You see what Paul's saying as he writes to the church in Rome, and he says, This is the way I want you to view one another. As a child of God, how does God see that person? And how does he want you to see them? And how does he want you to treat them? Can we see that? That's the context of Romans 12. Verse 14 bless those who persecute you now right there sometimes we're sailing along down through Romans chapter 12 and we've been talking about the body and then we come to verse 14 and we just leave the body <laughs> and here we go we're going to go talk about the world Well, does, do those in the world ever persecute you? yeah they do well, let me ask you this question do Christians ever persecute one another? It happens, doesn't it? So just listen. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. He's still talking about the body. <coughs> But sometimes there's disruptions within the body. So, how do you take care of it? He says, do not return evil for evil. That's not the way to handle it. And so, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live peaceably with all men as much as it depends on you. Live in harmony. Associate with the lowly. That's the context of Romans 12 and verse 10. Now then, understanding what Paul is talking about when he's talking about honor one another. This time, the NIV. Romans 12 and verse 10. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourself. New American Standard, give preference to one another in honor. The King James Version, in honor, preferring one another. The ESV, outdo one another in showing honor. Here's sort of a paraphrase, but another translation. (laughs) Maybe use that a little loose. But I really think they give the idea of what Paul is trying to say here. Because the New American Standard says give preference to one another. And the Revised Standard Version or the uh, English Standard Version says outdo one another. This is what it says. In showing honor to one another take the lead. That's what Paul's saying. (coughs) In showing honor Take the lead. See, that gets rid of that concept whenever we look at the English Standard Version where it says outdo one another because that sounds kind of prideful. What they're trying to get across, the thought they're trying to get across is take the lead. You go first. I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful for what you do. I'm thankful for your gifts. I'm thankful for your talents and your abilities. That's what he's saying. Take the lead. The Greek word for honor means to show respect and reverence. Another one of the Greek dictionary says Honor is measured by one's evaluation of another. <laughs> In the world, There's one way that you measure the value of somebody else. But in Christ's body, it's a different value system. You're a child of God, created in His image, redeemed by His blood. And then that Greek word for giving preference, it carries that idea of leading. Showing honor to one another, take the lead. And so when we take the lead, it shows that we understand what Paul's talking about when he says to honor one another. Notice once again in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. Paul says, don't think more highly, but think of yourself with sound judgment. See, sometimes we might, whenever we say, well, I should give honor to somebody else? Well, I just need to think less of myself. That's not what he's saying. (laughs) He's saying, think about yourself with sound judgment. And think about them. And use God's value system. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, Paul said, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Think about that for a moment. Think about each individual member showing respect, reverence, and honor towards and appreciation towards somebody else. Take the lead in showing, in showing on. See, what Paul's saying is it's amazing what happens within a body when people are valued and appreciated. Now, I want to show you for a second that kind of Flip side of that. So, oftentimes, what is it that keeps us from showing honor to somebody else? Be honest. Oftentimes, the reason why I might struggle with showing honor to somebody else is because I just got in the way. Wait a minute. If I show honor to them, maybe I won't get honored. (laughs) Does that ever happen? Let me give you this illustration. Four bright, intelligent young people just leaving high school, going off to college discussing what they want to do with their careers and in the future and the first one says you know after college I want to get into politics and I want to to get into congress because I want to write laws that will benefit my neighbor and another one said I want to go to law school And I want to be a lawyer, and I want to be able to defend my neighbor. And the third one said, I'm going to med school. I want to be able to help cure my neighbor. And they looked at the fourth one, and the fourth one said, I just want to be your neighbor. (laughs) What benefit do I get out of this? And so sometimes it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way we view things. Before we can give honor, we stop and we think, well, am I going to get anything out of this? Can you think of times when that ever happened in the Scriptures? Edwin talks at the Lord's table about Jesus and the night that he was betrayed and there in the garden and he's praying over and over again Lord let this cup pass from me do you remember when they were in the upper room and do you remember when Jesus got down and washed their feet the towel was there the basin was there the water was there were any of those men going to get down and wash everyone else's feet why not because they had been discussing previously who's going to be greatest in the kingdom and if I get down and wash their feet I might not get honored I might not get that place do you remember when James and John came to Jesus and they said Lord In your kingdom we ask that one of us might sit on your right and the other one sit on your left. (laughs) And the other disciples were upset with them because why? Because once again they had been discussing who will be greatest in the kingdom. Do you remember King Saul? King Saul loved being king. And he was all good with David killing Goliath until he heard the women singing. And what were they singing? Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. And from then on, Saul was after David. <laughs> you remember Aaron and Miriam, The brother and sister of Moses? Is he the only one that God has spoken through? And they rebelled against him. Time and time again, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their attitude and their loving to be seen of men. In Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 7, it said, Now he told a parable to those who were invited. When he marked how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, Go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. You know, it's like it's been said before. That parable is not about social etiquette, that's honoring others. That's what he's talking about. In 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. In verse 23, the Apostle Paul, as he wrote to the church at Corinth, said, You were bought with a price. And oftentimes we think about, it, well, yeah, Jesus died, he shed his blood. Acts 20, you were purchased with the blood of Christ. But that word price there, you know what word that is? It's the same one as in Romans. Chapter 12 and verse 10. Honor. You were bought with a price. He honored you. That's the value he placed on you. To honor is to treat Someone with value and costly and precious. And so Paul writes to the church at Rome. And he wants them to remind you that each time you think of your fellow Christians, your fellow citizens, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, honor them. Recognize who they are. Sometimes we're kind of overly concerned with self. And we want to know will I be honored? Will I be treated fairly? So I ask you this question. Once again, I'll use Edwin's illustration. Was Jesus treated fairly? No. So Romans 12. And now the rest of the chapter. We left off with verse 18. Verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the context of Romans chapter 12. You see what he's saying? Were you not treated fairly? Maybe so. But you know what? Wrath is mine, says the Lord. He's the one that will take care of. And so he says, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals upon his head. What's that mean? If he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals upon his head. Sometimes we think, if I have an enemy and he's not treating me right. I kind of like that part about heaping burning coals upon his head. (laughs) But that's not what he's saying. The last verse of this chapter. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. Now do you understand the previous verse? If he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. You can burn up the evil by doing good. Can we see that? That's consistent with what Paul is saying in Romans 12. Honoring one another. You know, this chapter is immensely practical. And especially, I think, when we think about all that is going on today. And Christianity at times does seem paradoxical. And I try to think sometimes, what was it like in that first century? And all those distinctions that they made. And then they come together in one body. And Paul's saying, this is the way you treat one another. If I want to be shown honor, I should first honor somebody else. If I want to be shown love, I should first love somebody else. Kind of strange way to live, isn't it? Because that's what Paul Paul's saying. But the thing we've got to keep in mind because we live many centuries after that time. That's the kind of thinking that changed the Roman Empire. Christianity is practical. And what Paul wanted them to do was to put it into practice. So here's the practical application for this morning before you leave tell somebody you're glad they were here. That's what Paul's saying. Honor one another. Welcome. We're glad you're here. (laughs) I want to extend the invitation to any and all that are here this morning. If you've never rendered obedience unto the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Have you done that? Do you need to do that? We'd be glad to assist you. If you're a child of God and not been living as you should and you need to come back to Him, We'd be glad to assist you in that also. If we can help, while together we stand and while we sing.